Well, here we are. Once again, it's that time of the week. Dr. Andrew Corbett in the studio. And it's our weekly Wednesday Life Matters discussion. Very good morning to you, Andrew. Thanks, Dave. Good morning to you. Great to be with you again. Now, Andrew, just before we get into things, do you want to give us a bit of an update on how WayFM's going? Mm -hmm. And I think you've got an announcement to make this morning. Yeah, we do. It's, It's actually quite exciting. I think... Over the last few years, people will have heard the the dramatic improvement and difference in what we're doing here at WayFM, and uh, we thank and we thank our listeners, our supporters, our sponsors very much for their tremendous encouragement. Uh, just yesterday, I had someone uh, who travels in and out of Launceston uh, and around our state, and whenever they come into Launceston, they they try to tune into uh, YFM and. He actually said, you know, tuned in, and then he had to check his dial because he thought he must have, you know, got the wrong frequency because the music was so good, the the announcers were so professional, he he actually thought he'd stumbled onto another radio station. And then he realised when he started to hear the new uh, YFM identification tags and sweepers and so on that, no, he, he definitely had the right station. And he came and saw me yesterday and said, Look, this is just sounding really good. And I agree with him, it is. And it's 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 thanks to uh, you, Dave. Um, you've really lifted breakfast. You've done really well. And Karen on Drive, our other announcers as well, uh, j- just really doing a, a great job at the moment. And it's good to have local community interaction. We're, we're uh, you know, really concerned about our, our local community, the welfare of individuals families and what's happening in our community and we we uh we've got plans in the new year to ramp that up even more we're going to be doing some outside broadcasts and and live crosses and things like that so look pretty exciting what's coming up but the big news as you've mentioned a big announcement is that we have signed a, a memorandum of understanding and agreement with our sister station in hobart uh, ultra 106.5 and we are going to be working closely with them we're we're exploring what that's going to look like and the first step in that process where wayfm will still be wayfm and ultra will still be ultra but what we are you know really uh two stations trying to do the same thing and we want to work collaboratively collaboratively together to see if we can help improve uh, the whole state not just our our respective cities but work together to see if we can enhance what's happening in, in the whole of Tasmania, and, and I think that's pretty exciting. And the big news in that is that we actually had someone who heard about the vision that um, myself and Nathaniel Garvin, the, the general manager of Ultra 106.5, had been talking about. We've been having a lot of coffee, a lot of meals together, just talking about how we can both um, help each other and become more effective. And we, we've had a, a major supporter uh, really believe in what we're doing and has uh, put the, the resources uh, into our hands uh, by way of a three-year scaling down um, donation grant that w- has enabled us to do what we're, we're about to announce. And that is we, we've been thinking, you know, it'd be really good if we appointed a, a CEO uh, who could help both stations to do that and even look at the possibility of what that might look for the growth of both stations. And so we've been on a, a bit of a headhunt over the last few months searching Australia and beyond Australia. We actually had an interview process uh, recently where we had candidates from around Australia and internationally who had applied for the CEO position that we're, we're talking about. 
And it's my tremendous pleasure to announce today that we've made an, an appointment uh, who will initially be the joint uh, general manager of both WayFM and Ultra 106.5 with a view to seeing where, where this takes us into the future. And you'll be hearing more about and from uh, Mr. Peter Krauss. Peter was the general manager of 106.5 on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, has done a tremendous job, comes from a, a building and corporate background, was the CEO of Master Builders Australia, and we, we just uh, really welcome Peter to our state, really welcome Peter to the role as the new uh, CEO of both uh, WayFM and Ultra 106.5 in Hobart. And we, we just think it, it's going to be an exciting initiative and we're really looking forward to the new year and some of the, the great plans that Peter has and, and, and how we can support him in that. Well, there's lots of wonderful stuff going on. Good times ahead, most definitely. Hey, listen, just a reminder that if you've been listening in your car, you've got to get out of your car. Don't worry, you can listen to this discussion either live on air by going to wayfm.org.au, listen live. And of course, also, we're going to uh, put it onto the website later. You can download it. Just go to wayfm.org.au. Now, Andrew, today we want to talk about five things that they don't teach men in guy school. <laughs> Not that there actually is a guy school. Just want to clear that up before there's any confusion. There isn't actually a guy school. But if there was, this is what they don't teach in it. They don't, they don't teach men some, some things that I think would be really helpful if, if every man knew this before they embark too far onto the journey of life. And, and part of my concern when, when we're talking about these, these issues is that with, with the rise in technology and so-called social media, th th there's actually been something, and I'm not the only one to notice it, and it's becoming fairly widespread and even reported in the media a lot at the moment, is how much the rise of social media has actually impeded real, genuine social interaction. In fact, I saw a, a sign that was a little bit comical. It was one of those sort of chalkboard signs in, uh, in front of a cafe or just inside the cafe and it said this, we, we do not offer free Wi-Fi. <laughs> we do, we, it said, we do not offer free Wi-Fi. We want you to pretend it's 1995 and talk face to face with someone. And I thought, you know, as, as comical as that is, there's actually quite a profound aspect uh, that they're highlighting here, that with the rise of technology, we, we've actually lost a whole lot of uh, communication ability that perhaps we once had. And I think it's particularly affected men. Men are generally not as communicative as women are. Women tend to communicate better and they have a higher need for that kind of social interaction, whereas men don't. And so there's, there's a real concern here that, that I have and others have that some of the skills of communication which, uh, which men perhaps had not that long ago, even as minimalistic as that was, is now being lost or diminished even further. And we need to understand this. Men and women are really different. We, we communicate differently. It's not just that we're physically different. We're emotionally different. We relate socially 
quite different. If if I went on a drive, Dave, if you and I drove down to Hobart, we didn't didn't exchange words for a couple of hours. Neither of us would think there was any problem because we're blokes. But if that was two women, oh my goodness, that it would be a completely different picture. So we we are cognitively different. We process thinking differently uh, between men and women. And we're verbally different. We, we actually speak different. We think and then speak out what we're thinking differently between men and women. Now, the results of this are, I think, pretty dramatic. There's a rise in pornography consumption. Because after all, that woman in that picture, she you don't have to communicate with her. There's a, an increasing rate of divorce because more and more men just sa- simply can't communicate with their wives. There's a rise in domestic violence because when you don't know how to communicate, the, the tendency is to, to lash out. We've got disengaged fathers, marital frustration, and an overall failure to commit and bear responsibility. So these are some of the issues I want to want to talk about when we come back from our first music break, the five things they don't teach men in guy school. Yeah, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Don't you worry about that. Hey, listen, don't you worry about good music. This is a Christmas classic from Casting Grounds. Joy to the world. Way FM. Good morning. for your Wednesday morning talking with Dr. Andrew Corbett. It is Life Matters. If you'd like to hear our discussion again, or maybe you want to share it with someone, it'll be available on the WayFM download section a little bit later today. And of course, you can download it for free and listen to it as your leisure, or like I said, share it with someone. Now, Andrew, today's discussion's topic is the five things that mm. don't teach men in guy school. Yeah, and look, there's lots of things guys need to know, I think, to do life. And one of the reasons that I think the need has increased as to why guys need to know this is probably the the lack of fathers as trainers and we've got a a whole generation of young boys growing up now who don't have a dad They, they don't have a dad on the scene regularly or they have a dad they only see every second weekend and dad is often in that instance, you know, um, re-established another family and his relationship with his son or sons is now a little bit different. The dynamics have changed and so there's a, there actually is a need for guys to, to be skilled in what it, what it means to be a man and it's a very confusing world out there for young boys and uh, young men coming into the world and taking their their position in the world and I, I think when we we talk about the five essential things that guys need to know look there's there are there's a, there's a lot of things that that I think guys would benefit from knowing and a, a part of that is um, the these five things and they all they all start with D and I'm not trying to be corny I'm actually I am trying to be quite relevant here in looking at what we're looking at these things, and and the first of the the five, and we count down from five, 
down to one. Number five, and, and, and I reckon every guy needs to know this and hardly any do, it's this. Your relationship with your dad is really, really important. And that's it. That You just need to know that. Even what I've just said before about disconnected dads and we've got more and more boys being supposedly raised by dads that they maybe only see once uh, you know once or twice a month uh, on on fairly restricted timetables and oftentimes in, in that instance dad is suffering horribly from guilt about his his inability to spend a lot of time with his son because of you know family breakdown and so on and 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 often is perhaps appeasing that own guilt that he feels by overcompensating and um, doing um, too much, perhaps a little bit of over um, generosity and, and so on. And it actually doesn't satisfy the deep need that a boy, a young man has to be introduced into his place in the world. And so having said that, it's really important that every, every man, every young man, is taught this and understands this, that their relationship with their dad is really, really, really important. Did I mention really? Really important. It, it's, it has such a dramatic impact on the type of man they will become, especially their attitude toward their dad is a shaping attitude. Now, here's what I've noticed, especially as a pastor over the last 25 or so years, is that often I'm dealing with men who are very frustrated, they're, they're, they're angry, they they are prickly characters. And in fact, it was sort of early on in my pastoral career at Lagana that I began to have some some really, really grumpy guys and just come and talk to me about you know the anger problem. And then I had one of them come and say that he realized that the source of his anger was toward his father and he felt that his father as it became clearer to him had not done a very good job and all his life he had sought from others uh, particularly in authority that which he had actually longed for and craved from his father and as corny and as cheesy as this sounds we we form a picture of people in authority from our interaction with our with our, with our own dad. And this is especially true. And John Smith, we, we, we played John Smith's um, little 60-second spots, uh, thought-provoking spots on YFM here. And, and you'll often hear, you'll, you'll occasionally hear John make reference to this, that, that sometimes a person's relationship with God is, is directly impacted by the kind of relationship they've had with their own father. It, it actually is, it, it is that all-encompassing. So what that means is that despite what you think of your dad, whether you feel he's done a good job or not a good job, whether he's been neglectful or given you adequate attention, whether he's done those things that every son would love to hear from his father, such as, you know, I'm proud of you, son, or I love you, son, um, or taken an interest in his son. Despite whether you feel you've had that or not had that, it's really, really important that your attitude toward your father is sweet. Now, that means that that you you just make a decision despite what i think about my dad i am going to honor him i'm going to have a sweet attitude toward him i'm going to do my best from my side of the 
the deal here in relating to my father. The beneficiary of having that attitude will be you. In fact, the, the man who came and shared that with me, he said that he, he felt that he hadn't lived up to his side of the deal. So he actually relocated back to Tasmania and bought a house near where his now uh, aging father was and tried to reach out to his dad and d- just show an attitude of uh, respect and honour. And he said it. he, he actually apologised to his dad for, for not being the best son that he could be. And his dad just sort of fobbed him off and said, oh, whatever, get me a beer from the fridge, son. You know, And that was sort of the response. And it actually did, by all appearances, very little to his dad. Now, he didn't know what it would do, what impact it would have on his dad, but it, it seemed to have none. But what it did for him, it, it released a weight, a burden for, on him that he was always looking to his employer, his teachers, and when he was a part of churches, the pastor, to fill that gap that he felt had been created by his father, not doing what he felt his father should have done. Now, now let's flip this equation. That means that one day you're going to be a dad, men. Uh, hopefully, God willing, you'll be a dad. And it, it means that your relationship primarily with your sons is going to be really important. It, it's important with your daughters. And we've we've done a program just a few weeks ago on, on how dads can help their daughters. So you might want to go to our download section and have a listen to that one. But it's, it's really important. This, this relationship between father and son is really, really important. My son is uh, 24 years of age. I have fairly regular contact with him, even though he doesn't live in Launceston anymore. He's down in Hobart. And, and I, I understand that it's important that he and I have a healthy, good relationship. And I think it's important for men to understand this as well. And we are living in a, a time perhaps when it, it's fair to say we're, we're at a, almost at a crisis point where we're going to have young men who increasingly will not have had the influence of their biological father on their life. This is really important. Uh, just just before we, we go to news, I, I just mentioned that I was uh, on a flight recently and I saw a, a, a John Travolta movie called The Forger. The language in it is pretty harsh. Let's just let me warn you if, you if you do see this movie. But the message behind it was utterly profound. It has Christopher Plummer in it as his dad. And it also has a, a young uh, 15-year-old teenager who's dying of cancer And the relationship between John Travolta, the single dad, with his son, whom he has not seen for four years because he's been in prison and he's got early release and he's he's now wanting to spend the last few months of his son's life with his son. But it opens up this whole dynamic of the relationship that the John Travolta character actually had with his own dad. And it led to the grandson who had been raised by his grandfather while his father was in prison, to ask his grandfather, do do you love my dad? And the grandfather was was sort of taken back. Of course I I love your your father. He's my son. Of course I love him. He said, well, how come I've never heard you say it? How come I've never seen you hug him? How come I've never seen you show him any affection at all? And of course, the grandfather coming from that standoffish sort of generation where it just wasn't necessarily the done thing 
for men to show that level of affection, sort of said, well, it was just not the way I show love. You know, my, I love my wife and I didn't tell her all the time. In fact, I told her just before we got married and we, we were married for 40 years and I, I never mentioned it again. And, I, and you know, as they do a superb job of showing just how painful that attitude is, both for the one who has it and those people in his life. And in this movie, it explores the relationship between John Travolta as the father uh, trying to reach out to his son, who's very suspicious because, after all, where's dad been all my life? You know, he's hardly been there at all. And John Travolta realizes that, you know, all too late now. He realizes that he hasn't been the best dad he could be. And in the process, it has an effect on John Travolta's dad, played by uh, Christopher Plummer, who realizes himself that he hasn't been a good dad at all. And each of them are reflecting on just how dramatically their disconnection from each other has affected each other. So this would be the first thing. This is number five, dad. Your relationship with your dad is really, really important. It has a dramatic impact on the type of man you become and especially your attitude towards your dad. That would be... The first thing I reckon every guy should be taught if they did go to guy school. Yep, it is time for the 9 o'clock news update right here on WayFM. Well, the Bureau says looking mostly fine and sunny today, a top of 23, 22 and mostly sunny tomorrow. Uh, might be a scattered shower about on Friday, but looking mostly fine and sunny over the weekend. Now, Andrew, we're counting down from five to one. The five things they don't teach men in guy school. You mentioned the first one, just how powerful the influence of a man's father is. What's the next couple you have? Yeah, look, the the, the next couple, again, starting with D, and don't, don't mean to be corny, but these really are essential guy qualities. These are the things that every man needs to know because we we are different from women. Uh, men and women are not just biologically different. We're emotionally different. We're, we're wired differently emotionally. We, we respond to things with a different set of emotions. And, and oftentimes those emotions are reinforced, affirmed um, by our own fathers, and that's where we start. It's really important to understand the, the power of, of a father on a boy's life, on on his son's life, and so we now we now come to this next one, and this is really really important, and it's it's distractions. You see, as a guy, we we are more easily distracted than a girl. Girls have this phenomenal ability to to focus, and guys tend to have a very good aptitude to being becoming scattered and distracted. And that is made worse by technology. That's where I sort of opened up talking about how technology has had a a pretty dramatic impact on how guys communicate. But in this instance, it's it's actually really it it actually really highlights the problem, and the and the problem becomes a little bit self-deceptive. You see, when you're self-deceptive, you actually think you. You are something when, in fact, you're not. But you've deceived yourself into thinking that you know the. For example, in this instance, many guys think they can. Here's the word: multitask. They actually think that they're they're multi-skilled in the ability to multitask. And we we now know pretty conclusively from neuroscience, that is the study of the brain, that no one 
can have their brain doing multiple things at the same time. You just can't do it. And this especially applies to boys who often kid themselves that they can multitask. That means they can be doing their homework, listening to music, uh, answering tweets on Twitter, and checking out Facebook videos and posts while they are surfing YouTube for the latest whatever clips. And the reality is you can only do one of those things. And what your brain is actually doing is every time you switch, it's switching everything else off and it's giving some attention to now what you're looking at. In other words, your brain is designed to focus. Your brain is designed to be geared toward concentration. And when a boy is is doing his homework on, say, a, a laptop or a tablet or something like that, it's very, very difficult for him because there's so many interactive things happening in front of him and he thinks that he's focusing on his maths or English or whatever and you know, up comes on his screen a notification from Facebook that someone's just messaged him. He gives his attention to that. He goes back to his homework. Oh, where was I? What was I up to? What, what am I doing again? What's two plus two again? I forgot. You know, and all this sort of stuff goes on. And that's the problem that you end up kidding yourself. Now, because the brain can make decisions so quickly, I mean, up to 800 decisions a second can be made by the human brain, we actually fool ourselves into thinking that we are multitasking. The reality is we're not, and especially for boys. Boys need to learn how to focus and concentrate. Here's a simple question to ask for a boy. Have you started something, or a young man, have you started something, have you started anything that you haven't finished? And have you started several things that you haven't finished? And if the answer is yes, chances are you you can now perhaps look at your own life fairly realistically and go, you know what? Yeah, I, I've, I've started books, I've started craft projects or, you know, handiwork, whatever projects. I've started this, I've started that. I've, I've not actually finished a lot. And this is what a man, a young man needs to learn. You, you are very, very susceptible to distraction. You might think that having music blaring in your headphones while you do, you know, homework, reading, whatever for school or whatever for work at, at the office is not a problem. But it is. For you, it is. You need to learn how to concentrate. You need to learn how to focus. You can do one thing well at a time, and that's the reality. So you need to learn how to do that. And and the, and throughout life, you're going to have to learn how to focus so that you can do things like problem solve. You see, we're now living in a generation where I am seeing more and more young men have say things like this i can't handle pressure i just can't handle stress i can't handle it when i'm under pressure i I just don't i just don't handle it and one of the reasons is they've never learned to fully concentrate they've never learned to focus on something for long enough to break the problem down into smaller components tackle each component and put it together as the whole and that's what it takes it takes focus and concentration to deal with some of the complexities of life the military highly prize this. They look to promote soldiers through the ranks uh, who, who have an ability, who, while under pressure, 
can focus, can concentrate, can stay the course, get things done. It's a really important life skill to be able to do that. Boys need to know how to do that. Here's one more before we go to music, and it's decisions. Number three, decisions. You, young man, you will have to make decisions. And especially when God brings, you know, hopefully God blesses you and brings a woman into your life whom he will charge you with the care of. So when when that day comes, when God brings a woman into your life to care for, she is going to want from you decisions. She's going to want to know that you know how to make a, here's the key word, reasoned decision. Now that reasoned decision is really important because it means not only are you going to make a decision, it's not an arrogant pompous, dictatorial decision. It's a decision that takes in all the facts. It's a, as many of the facts as you can garner. It, it means that you've made a decision because you've consulted, you've sought advice. Every good decision is a decision that you can sell well. It doesn't mean that everyone will always agree with your decision, but if you've got good reasons behind the decisions you make, chances are you're, you're going to get more respect Chances are you're going to get more people who will go along with your decisions because at the very least, they can hear that you have reasons for your decision. So this is really important to to be able to make decisions. And again, this is done best in collaboration, in cooperation. So for example, you might ask, you know, if you've got a woman that you're caring for, a young lady caring for, what would you like for dinner? Well, I would like this, but I don't know if I want this or I want that. And so what you've done, you've you've taken on board what they want. And I, I heard one guy proudly say that he was such a strong leader that every time he went to a restaurant and his wife was undecided as to what she wanted to order. He just took the menu and he made the order. He gave the order and he was such a decisive guy. That's just being stupid. That's just being a creep, really. Um, Don't want to be offensive, but it is because sometimes we, we need to understand men and women make decisions differently. There are some decisions that really matter. There are some decisions where the process is more important than the actual decision itself. And, and when going to a restaurant, that might very well be the case. The process is, is more important than the actual decision in that instance. So this is where a guy learns how to make decisions by, by talking, discussing, and, and being able to, to really take on board you know, extra information and the things that others in his world are thinking and feeling as well. So there's, there's two things. We're going to come up to a music break. Um, and I know you're going to mention how people can hear this again if they want to uh, download this later on. Uh, we really appreciate the support. I think last week's program is one of our highest uh, downloaded uh, programs, so so thanks for that. We're kind of building on this, and I'm aware that coming up to Christmas, there are a lot of guys, a lot of fathers who who feel under a bit of strain, and I, and I hope that we can help you to, to process this season uh, as a man and to be able to share with your son some of these things as well. So just a bit of a a recap just on those last two points. Distractions, guys need to be taught that, that they aren't able to multitask. They will get easily distracted, and they need to learn how to focus. I think of Tiger Woods' dad when he was alive. He really helped his son with this as he was entering the world of golf. 
and making decisions. Two qualities that are really Really important, Dave. And let's come back after this break. WFM for your Wednesday morning. Royal Taylor on your radio. Wanna be? I was just walking home. iPod and my headphones on. Thinking about who I wanna be. TV magazines and the billboards. All say I'd be cool if I had more. But that's a lot I must ignore. This world just keeps on flying. Every Wednesday morning, this is Life Matters, and if you want to listen to this program again, we'll be uploading it to our website, wayfm.org.au. We'll do that a little bit later today, and then you can listen and download anytime you wish, absolutely free. Now, Andrew, we're talking about the five things that don't teach men in guy school. You've got a couple more things for us. What are those? Yeah, we have. So we're counting down five, down to one. These are the things that I think every guy should know, and they don't teach men this in guy school, and as we mentioned, they're they're there isn't a guy school, okay? So it's not like you, you go to a school to learn how to, you know, your to find your place in the world. This is the stuff that traditionally fathers have taught their sons. And as I mentioned, you know, we, we live in a world now where dads are busy. They're, they're working long hours. Add into that the, the breakdown of family life and oftentimes some children, sons especially, only see their dad maybe once or twice a month. So this sort of stuff is falling through the cracks and, and where, where are young boys, where are young men picking up these, these essential training skills to be a man and find their place in the world? They're, they're picking it up from music videos, they're picking it up from the internet, they're picking it up from Facebook, they're picking it up from their friends. And quite frankly, I just don't think it's working. I think with all the, the problems that we're seeing socially, where we've got the, the, the rise in uh, divorce rates, marital breakdown, and lately domestic violence, which has just become an absolutely shocking blight on our social landscape in Australia and particularly in Tasmania, we need young men to, to be skilled in the art of some of these things that used to be called chivalry. And to be a chivalrous young man is to be a man, as we've mentioned, who's respectful of his dad, who's, who has an ability to focus, stay the course, get things done, an ability to make decisions based on uh, reason. Uh, they, they can reason well. They've, they have done their background on it. They've they have talked with people, they've been collaborative, and so they're able to make uh, decisions that that have a better chance of you know, bringing more people on board as well. Here's number two, and this is really important. This is, and I can imagine for many people, this would be the number one thing that they wish more guys knew, and, and it's this, discuss. How to discuss, how to talk, Discussion is both an art and it's it's and a skill. And here's the, the thing, both both aspects of it, the art and the skill can be learnt. You, you can actually learn how to discuss things, how to talk, how to hold a conversation, how to speak with a young lady, how to hold down a conversation with those that are already in your world, those you already know. So Part of the art of the art and skill of discussion involves learning how to listen because listening, of course, is 
one side of the conversation and sharing is the other side of the conversation. So if you recognize that you've got two ears and one mouth, it means you probably should do twice as much listening as you do talking. But then again, when it comes to being a guy, we're often not that good at even talking, not not that good at being able to verbalize and share with words what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what our opinions are, what our dreams, our aspirations, our longings are. And we often fail to hear in a discussion, in a conversation, because most guys only listen with their ears. And that might sound strange, but I actually want to use the word heart in this because I think sometimes people use words and those words aren't necessarily the precise meaning that they're trying to convey. In fact, they're trying to convey something, they're struggling to convey it. But if you if you are listening with your ears, you can actually hear what they're trying to say. And this is a part of this whole aspect of learning how to have a discussion because it involves hearing. It involves hearing with your eyes. In other words, you're watching someone. You're watching them closely without looking like you're being, you know, a stalker. You're actually just, you know, observing them. And so as a pastor, this is a skill that many pastors develop over the years. You you talk with someone and you just kind of watch, you're watching their eyes, you're watching their hands, you're watching their, their body posture, they're watch, you're watching their facial expressions. These are the things that help you to hear a person's heart. Then the, the other side of it is, is learning how to share what's on your mind and what's on your heart. And one of the, the, the best pieces of advice I could give a young man when it comes to learning this is, is, the, is understanding that this is a, a dial, this is an analog dial. Now, I know we live in a digital world where everything is the flick of a switch. It's either off or it's on. But when it comes to sharing what's on your mind and what's on your heart, I strongly advise you, this would, you know, consider this, don't just burn it all out. Don't just pour out your heart from the get-go with someone you haven't either taken the time to build a relationship with, you haven't built those bridges of trust, you haven't come to really know, and you haven't let them really get to know you either. So learning how to discuss involves, yep, the listening, listening with your heart by watching people carefully, those observation skills. But the other side, as I mentioned, sharing. You you begin to share what's on your mind. And here's, here's a, a really helpful piece of advice I think I could offer any young man is always look for the permission to share what you're thinking or what's on your mind or what's on your heart. In other words, getting permission when it comes to having a discussion, a conversation, is is, is a matter of saying, um, you may not even use the word permission. It may sound like this. Oh, look, I, I don't know if, you, if you're interested in what I really think about this. Are you? Now, that's actually a permission question because if they say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested, what, what, do you, what do you think about this? Well, I think da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and so what, whatever it is. And by doing that, you're actually beginning to take put your toe in the water and share a little bit. Now, I, I, would, 
I would strongly advise people, this is an analog dial. In other words, you, you may think 10 things about a particular thing. Don't just share all 10. Share one or two. Let that, you know, let that interact for a while. Then maybe share the next three or four. Then let that interact for a while. And, and it may be as the, the relationship grows, the trust grows, you may be able to share more of what you're thinking, more of what's on your heart. And that's actually some that's how relationships are supposed to work. You're supposed to they're supposed to grow. You're supposed to be able to grow in trust and and therefore your ability to communicate more precisely with another person. So discussion is is a big one. Guys don't do that well. If you want to learn how to how to do it well, here's a suggestion that that guys are not going to want to hear. And that is you, you probably should read more. You probably should read novels. Um, you probably read other books because what that does is it gives you a a a reservoir of words, a a, a library, a catalogue of words that you can use. I, I'm as a, I do a lot of writing, not as much as I have since I've been so involved in in radio over the last few years. But I'm always looking for the right word. So this is this is really important that guys learn how to share. Here's the last one, devotion. It's guys are actually designed and created to be devoted, to be committed, to be able to share their life with someone and in a way that demonstrates utter devotion. And here's where I really want to finish it up because you're actually created to be devoted to God. And one of the things about being a guy is that we think some of these aspects of being a guy are a bit feminine, and they're not. Being a spiritual man is not going to make you any less of a man than, you know, it, we, we see women who are often very spiritual, and we think, you know, that's a, that's a feminine trait. No, guys, you're created. You have a warrior-like spirit in you to be devoted to your wife, your woman, to be devoted to your kids, your family, to be devoted to a cause, be able to live a life fully devoted. And this ultimately means being devoted to your creator, being devoted to the one who made you, the one who knows you best, the one who cares for you more than anyone else. You can become a godly, spiritual man and and ha- and and live a life of devotion and i would really want more and more men to understand this and you might feel that you're not that you might feel that you're you know a million miles away from being that kind of man but I- i'm going to tell you right now you're not you're just one step one step not a million miles one step away from becoming that kind of man and that step actually starts with a prayer and the prayer simply has to be a cry out to God for help. And so no matter where you're at right now, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you've done, no matter who you're with, you can right now just pray a prayer from your heart to, and ask God to help you to be a devoted man. Perhaps you've made some mistakes, but today could be a new day for you. Why don't you just take the time right now, cry out to God, ask God to forgive you, to give you a brand new start and to help you to be the man that he's actually created you to be. Dave, I'll be back next Wednesday. 
There you go. Thank you very much, Dr. Andrew Corbett. We can hear Andrew, of course, again tomorrow night at 8.30 with Finding Truth Matters. And, of course, this program will be uploaded to our website quite soon. You'll be able to download it or listen to it again for free. Actually, coming up now, we wrap things up with Joy to the World. Chris Tomlin on your radio. Way FM, good morning. Joy to the world.